Hey, please go to the end of the podcast for a listener warning statement, but don't play backwards or else you might summon a demon. You are listening to the Insubordinate Teacher Podcast with me, Stone, Christine, David, and Cyrus, the person that makes the half out of the three and a half of us. On this podcast, we get to discuss COVID-19 and its impact on schools. And we get to do it without being yelled at by Dr. Nelson Mandela, the other Nelson Mandela. It's not that we didn't learn anything from him. He was actually pretty cool when it came to his taste in music. And we found out that David and Dr. Nelson Mandela, the other Nelson Mandela, both share a deep love of Rick Springfield. And isn't that enough? Knowing that these two very different people both wish they had Jesse's girl? Hey, that's a commonality we can build off of. So, with that glimmer of hope, let's start the podcast. All right, David, this is a this is another moment where it's just you and me, you know? Mm-hmm. Teacher. Yeah, special former, time to cherish yeah, these former, times. Former teacher, former student, yeah. former, former master, former... uh, current doctor no wait wait if i say i'm the former master what does that make you why did you give yourself a doctorate again no no, you're the current doctor (laughs) (laughs) you know what and you're the nelson mandela that nelson mandela's right you keep on giving yourself a doctor how am i a a former doctor i don't lose you're not a former i didn't say former i never said said you're a former former. you said (sighs) former doctor Okay, Dr. Master. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, how are you feeling yes. today? Are you feeling okay? I, I was feeling good. Now I'm feeling a little less. Why? What happened? <laughs> a little, what happened? I, I, someone yelled at me about saying former <laughs> doctor. <laughs> um, so we had to split the episode dealing mm-hmm. with COVID-19 uh, and the education yeah. system um into uh, which is surprising i i honestly have to say it's surprising because you working with dr nelson mandela was this mm-hmm. amazing um i don't know what kind of dance would we call it like what kind of what like an anarchist kind of dance the two of you where like you had two <laughs> different rhythms going on at the same time and you yeah, were like think- you were like dancing over each other you're doing top dance and he's doing like the samba but you were doing it together on the stage at the same time. Imagine if you guys had the patience to let the other person talk. How long, how okay. long that episode would have gone on. Uh, yeah. Jeez. That's, that's what we want though. We want more of that. <laughs> right. So we split this up into two. Um, yeah. The first one, you know, dealing with, uh, with, with some different perspectives on COVID-19 and education. So yeah. before the whole group starts to talk, um, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I said, and people will hear it in the second half, we've already recorded the second half of this episode, that I am taking a brave, brave stance by saying this, but very much impressed with the generation uh, of, of people Students in right Canada, yeah. people in Canada, Correct. you know, the ages of around uh, 13 to, you know, 20, 23, 24, um, during this COVID mm-hmm. crisis, uh, my mother uh, said the same thing to me 
uh, where she said that she did not feel sorry for people of my generation, so for Gen, Gen Xers at all. And she didn't mm -hmm. feel sorry for her generation, which is pre-baby uh, pre boomers, because she yeah. said, like, you know, we, we don't really have to go out and do things uh, in some ways. You know, this is the early stage, just maybe six months into COVID. Um, yeah. You know, we can use this time productively. Who she felt mm -hmm. terrible for was for that group of 14 to around 24, that, yeah. that, that 10 year gap. Who, and I think that they were absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, we're not giving them enough credit. Like, uh, like, like you heard me say already, if I was told this at the age of, uh, I don't know, anywhere from 16 to 21, um, that I wasn't mm -hmm. allowed to go out, I, yeah. I'm not joking. I would have escaped out of my window my bedroom yeah. window on the side, I would have done it. I would have absolutely yeah. done it. So I'm just curious because we are of two different generations. Um, yes. I'm a real Gen Xer and you're a wannabe Gen Xer. That's, that's um, right. You are a wannabe. Technically a millennial, but you but know, in your heart. Self-hating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, something that did come up uh, on yeah. the COVID conversation between the other uh, less famous uh, Dr. Nelson Mandela and you mm -hmm. is, is really that, um, that tension uh, between these differing perspectives on COVID-19 and the social responsibility yeah. uh, that we were asked to perform. Uh, so yeah. I'm curious from you, did you, first of all, did you get vaccinated? You don't have to answer. I did. I did. Yes. Did. Yeah. One time, two times, three times, three times, three times, okay. booster. Yeah. Three, three times myself. Did you have anybody in your circle that told you you were an idiot? Uh, no one told me I was an idiot. Uh, there was nobody in my immediate circle, but, uh, there was, um, people I'm aware of that uh, aren't like close friends of mine, but that uh, really went down the anti-vaccination rabbit hole. And uh, they weren't anti-vaccination prior to COVID in terms of uh, measles or any of the other common inoculations, but this one got them. And uh, from the start where I think the, the conversation, the talking points were more, um, you know, I don't, there's not enough research on this. I'm not comfortable with it. That's where things started in like, as the vaccines began, but I've found, I've seen an evolution in their thinking that now it's like, I will never get the vaccine and it's, um, it's a, it's an act of control. And I've heard the, uh, the word Nazi government thrown around once or <laughs> twice. It's, it's really elevated and escalated. Yeah. yeah. But, but again, but I have to say that Anyone who mentions like Nazi government, um, I would say that 5050, uh, they've also got a post denying the Holocaust. So, mm, yes, yeah. <laughs> on, but on the one hand, they yeah. go like, you know, that the, those, those so called concentration camps had like tennis courts and swimming pools. And yeah, then they go, oh, yeah. we're now the new victims of the Holocaust. And I'm like, what well, sounds mm. like a vacation the way you describe it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I don't think it's that these ideas weren't in their head or these perspectives weren't in their head. It's that there was more uh, confidence to be overt with it as time went on. More than it anything. has been, it's been really interesting. I do know a mm -hmm. lot of people who are uh, anti-vaxxers and who spew that kind of, you know, it's, um, 
even know what, how to describe it. It's like this, I don't know, lizard people control kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, I, I, can't even, I, I can't even like, I, you know, like, I, I can't even like wrap my brain around, not because it's so complex, but just because it's so stupid. Some of the things yeah. they believe in, which I really honestly think take away from the actual real problems that we have uh, in the mm -hmm. world which we yeah. do have very obvious corporations yeah. uh, and forms of government that are completely screwing us over. They're right mm -hmm. there in our faces, but no, yeah. we have to invent something else, uh, mm -hmm. which I think that the, the people who are, you know, who are these uh, multi billionaires are, are, yeah. are laughing, you know, I think so. Too. So it's yeah. like you take the people that have a propensity for questioning and might be the kind to be concerned about if you are a power uh, holder or part of a power block. And then you you throw them into like this. You, you, you drive the concerns into such an outrageous loony direction uh, that anyone who might have been a, a, an actor against your power is now just completely misdirected into something that no one else can get on board with it. It's, um, yeah. It's, and I, I know the response to that, someone's gonna be screaming like, oh my God, you know, Gates, Bill Gates is a billionaire. Yes, yeah. he is a mm -hmm. billionaire. And so a lot of yeah. the people that I'm arguing with, and it's a waste of time, to be honest, I hate to say it, but it mm -hmm. is a waste of time. Um, yeah. A lot of them are these like libertarians uh, mm -hmm. where yeah. they might not even call themselves libertarians, but what they are are basically very conservative. This is the best way I can describe it. Very conservative people um, mm -hmm. who want access to drugs and pornography, but otherwise <laughs> very conservative, <laughs> yeah. right? But that's what mm -hmm. they want. They want their freedoms, but they don't want to uh, assist in any kind of real way. Yeah. Uh, to and the their version of society. society is not one of responsibility towards no. each other. And no, so, the, so there's, an, there's like, an obvious Leave answer. me be and I'll, I'll leave you yeah. be and we're all going to yeah. be happy. Well, I'll, I'll invent yeah. my own uh, cure to COVID-19 yeah. in my yeah. basement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's it's like it's there's an easy answer if you don't want big mm -hmm. business uh and big pharma to control any kind of anti-vaccine well then mm -hmm. pay more taxes and let the government you know yeah. be be more um active in these things. And mm -hmm. of course that's not an answer that they want to hear either. No. Right? No. So you know I I don't know really how to have this conversation with anybody. Um, I'm glad you had the conversation with the other Dr. Nelson Mandela, not me. It was great. Um, I, yeah. I've even tried to, like I've, I've hiked up my, you know, my shirt and, mm -hmm. you know, shown people that are your, in your generation, because I don't think you have a scar on your arm, do you? No. No, you don't. You don't even know what I'm talking about, do you? No, I don't. If you no. talk to any Gen Xer and you ask them to lift their sleeve, and you won't be able to see it now because of the color of my skin and because we don't scar as easily uh, as, uh, <laughs> as you people do. Yes, um, but course. if you look at Melanie's arm, for instance, uh, you'll see a yeah. big uh, indentation um, where we got um, we got like polio vaccines and in mm. schools, right? So we okay. had these like giant injections on our arms. And I think it was the polio vaccine that gave us like a a permanent scar on our arms that we got in schools and we yeah. all did it 
And I mean, we didn't know when we were getting these things as a kid. That it would be, yeah. But we we did it. Well, not we did it. We we accepted that our parents told us we were in school. (laughs) I don't even think my mom said anything to me, to be honest with you. Uh, he just showed up. Oh, it's time. <laughs> yeah, there, someone showed up with a needle, and I'm like, it, it's cool. Uh, and um, <laughs> and it, it was done so you guys wouldn't have to have the fear mm-hmm. of something like polio, right? Yeah. So it's a social responsibility. You do it. Yeah. And and you're not doing it because like we're all a bunch of idiots and we're all a bunch of robots. You're having faith that in our society um the medical community um who are your neighbors um Mm -hmm. are all paying attention to what's going on that the researchers at universities are actually doing it out of like the you know out of with the intention of doing good and Mm -hmm. that seems to have just become lost on a such a large percent of the population even if it's 25 percent of the population that's significant. It's it is. extremely it's significant. Too, it's way too much. And un, unlike yeah. you, unlike you, when I go into a store, I say, mm-hmm. hello, how are you? How is your day? Right? Yes. I know, I know you're 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 like, don't look at me, just give me my money or whatever. It is. I, I, you're yeah, you're yeah, robbing the store in my scenario. <laughs> <laughs> I get everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I like, you know, I, I, I've talked to cashiers who over the last mm-hmm. uh, 17 years in the Eastern Townships are very familiar to me and different people working mm-hmm. in stores and surprised by the amount of people who say, no, they're yeah. not going to get a shot. They're not going to do it. Yeah. So I don't know, as educators. Um, yeah. We, like, do we have a responsibility that we've, <laughs> have we dropped the ball Pretty significantly. I, I, I yeah. have to I have to say that I I didn't really have deep conversations with anybody. <laughs> yeah. Like people, people who I've known, and they're my neighbors. Uh, I don't mean like my immediate neighbors, but they're my neighbors. And when mm-hmm. they say to me, like, oh, it, it's all a conspiracy, et cetera, et cetera, I just go, okay. Yeah, it's hard not to shut down at that. It's hard so you not do, to just... Because I'm, I'm wondering if it's an age thing. I'm wondering because no, you know, I, I'm in I, my like... 50s that I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> I can I, like I can imagine the uh, like it's it's the same for me. It's very it like you know the energy it would take, you know, um, and like there's a there has to be trust. And if there's not an inherent trust that's there, like so, I'm thinking if someone doesn't have something that I've taken for granted, an inherent trust in the medical community and in scientific knowledge, then building trust is not necessarily going to be a simple thing. And so in order to have this conversation, there needs to be trust. And I don't think that it's going to happen. Right. And we, and we, we, yeah. yeah, And, and doctors are human, Uh, you know, medical doctors, not those of us with PhDs. uh, Oh no, no, we're, we're we're just like different strata. Yeah. Master doctor. But yeah, medical doctors are, everyone has those experience where you've gone to a doctor and they, you know, they, they just got it wrong. So nobody's yeah. saying to you that you have to like blindly accept what somebody, mm-hmm. another human being is saying to you. You do have to pay them the respect that they've done, you know, sig- significantly more work than your Google search was, right? <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, no one's saying to you to stop doing that. But this is just such a massive amount of people. 
you yeah. know, in the profession that that's quite a conspiracy. It's quite a yeah. conspiracy. Um, and, and, you know, listening to you just describe the energy that it takes to try and convince somebody who will just laugh in your face if you say mm -hmm. anything. Um, yeah, part of me is like, okay, well, I mean, I could argue with you for the next four hours, or there's a yeah. good chance you'll just get COVID and die, and then I won't have to argue with you at all. <laughs> it's, <laughs> and in, the, and oh, in that case, man. I can say I was right. <laughs> but you, like, it's it's horrible to hope COVID upon someone. <laughs> it's horrible, and yet you're like, well, is that the thing that's going to convince you? Because that maybe may do the job more effectively than I could in conversation. And no, I know I know yeah. people who are who had who caught COVID, mm -hmm. who think COVID is just like really bad cold or really bad flu mm, that's another thing yeah and yeah. they just hold to the fact and of course i've had the yeah. flu i've had a cold i've had a man cold which is way worse mm. um yes, and having covid even with three injections was worse than anything that i had had before but right. you know that they're not going like... to say that this was worse well, once you're out of it, it's very easy to reimagine re your experience. It's like, oh no, this is comparable to that one, to that one. The farther you, no, fr even, are from like it, even even communicating yeah. with somebody, some some of them, yeah. it's like you know their arm, the bottom of their arm is over a candle, and you can smell the singeing hair, and they're going, I don't feel anything, I don't feel anything. Mm. You know, they they just yeah. won't admit yeah. it because yeah. they got to win yeah. this argument. And yeah, that's the important thing. Anyway, let's get to the second half and let the other people um give their join in on this and yeah join in on this and then we can just tune out as they're talking i mean yeah it's been pre-recorded but let's just tune out anyway okay <laughs> perfect all right thanks bud now that that's Thank over you. with here's my stuff from stonebanks christine and david all right mm. so let's get to uh you know a, a conversation about covid19 we all experience covid19 mm. and the education system differently we were all doing different things. Cyrus, where were you at the beginning of COVID-19? You were in- I was in SAGEP, my last semester at SAGEP. What the hell is SAGEP? <laughs> Tell the good well, folks a co a college, of the listening audience. In between high school and university. College, basically. So it's college or is it SAGEP? Well, it's, it's a college, right? Yeah. Well, what, is, what, is it, what, is, what does the word SAGEP mean? I have no clue. I don't know what it, what it literally means. Yeah, what does it mean? What is it? What is yeah, it? An acronym? Is yeah, it an actual word? In, shh, shh, Cyrus, is it an actual word? Is it an acronym? What it stands it for college. Yes. Go on. Everybody. Yes. Goes. Yes. <laughs> entertainment. E e oh. Crowd. Mm, oh yes. Yeah. Entertainment. Yeah, there it is. It stands for. Yeah. Yeah. Entertainment's a big part of yeah. it. Way and, to you know, go. I would have gone with equity, but you know, you, you see, well, I could have said education, like, whatever. No, why yeah. would you do that? Why, you, were yeah. Stage, you were, you were in that weird Quebec world between high school and university. David, you were a real teacher during that time. Yeah. I was teaching at the elementary level. Still am. Good for you. You, you said yeah. that just, to, you just, you said that to hurt me. Ah, absolutely. You said that absolutely to hurt me. And we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Christine, what were you doing uh, at the beginning of COVID? I had just been accepted at McGill. Very nice. So you were a student during that time. Yeah, I was just finishing the master's. Teaching assistant? 
teaching assistant at university and mm-hmm. also were you still doing teaching for second language yeah i was yeah doing esl too mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a good thing i'm your brain for tonight eh yeah thank you so much well, <laughs> at the high school level or uh... no adults okay adult education so uh, just just so the listeners uh, know uh, christine is suffering from the lingering effects of covid19 um maybe you should have discussed that with dr nelson mandela and then he he would have made you feel better. He's not a medical doctor. Oh, that that's right. Oh, I I we should ask him that question. I don't know if he's allowed next to time or not. He might be. You know, I don't he's a know. spiritual doctor. <laughs> you know, we, we, we do, these are questions we need to ask him. You know, ones that yeah. won't make him extremely angry. No. Uh, no one needs to know what I was doing during COVID nineteen. So <laughs> let's just get to because you know David just wanted to hurt me by saying that. All right, I'll <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell everybody I was a uh, I was a professor during that time, and then then I just fell out of graces, you know, and I'm no longer mm. a professor. And Cyrus, can you cue the really sad music right now? And violins. Yeah, I mm. my world art. And uh, now I find myself here doing a podcast just to reach out to some people, just for the feeling of some kind of human connection. <sighs> Everybody has abandoned me. Everybody has left me. I don't, I don't know how you managed to make me feel so terrible about myself so <laughs> easily. It's well, just, I mean, you said it. it's you a said real it. talent. You, first of all, no one can see your face. And you literally put your little fingers up next to your <laughs> temples and you go, I'm a little devil. Wait till you hear what I'm going to say. And you, you've been doing that since the, I met you, how old were you when I met you? 18? I was 19. 19. Yeah, and you've been doing yeah. that every, ever since. And now you're what, 30-something? I'm 34. 34, and uh, you haven't, you, in all of those years, you haven't lightened up on me at all. I, I so, yes, I had my devil horns up, but no one can see that. <laughs> Red face paint. You did it in fork. class. You're in not university. supposed to tell them. In university classes, you were doing that to me, even. <laughs> yeah, but I sat at the back. They go down <laughs> when everyone turned around. <laughs> you were you were sitting at the front of the class and then turning around to the class, going, "In case you can't notice it, I'm giving him <laughs> devil horns." Yeah. Okay, so what was your what was your Let's start off with the youngest, Cyrus. What was your uh, experience with COVID nineteen? What What were your thoughts? I think everyone, like in, I, well, I can't speak of everyone, every student, but for me. It, no, no, do it. Okay, we all felt like it was a real, the first year and semester, semester especially, people really felt like teachers had no idea what they were doing for the most part. Shocking. Yes, I have a, I have a, I have a soundbite for you if you, if, if, if it feels good, you can test it out. Like, you might want to say the pride was taken out of the Sejep. Yeah, you could say that. The entertainment <laughs> as well was taken out too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't very entertaining. Yeah. And then after, which, which, you know, I can understand like the first year semester, teachers are getting used to the transition, but then afterwards, <laughs> the hammer's, the hammer's going to fall now. I, I'm giving you a year. To I've given, yeah, out. I've given okay, you enough time, <laughs> but afterwards it really felt like it gave teachers an excuse to be kind of not as present as they could have been, you know, okay. like, especially with, in my opinion, I feel like recorded lessons weren't, didn't really help with me that much. Mm. was it like oh. it was pre-recorded you weren't even attending a session it was just yeah presented to you mm. not okay. not that uh, some okay, teachers well, did a good job like some teachers did had live classes and you know were engaging in my point of view but a lot of teachers just felt like oh i can just put a youtube video equivalent and then it, i can just have that as my lesson plan <laughs> every time 
let's let's be let's be honest there are some teachers at every level i wouldn't say element well maybe even elementary but there are some teachers that do that during their classes in -hmm. person as well yeah you know yeah but they still have to be there yes they have to be there to play uh what did the fox say right to Mm -hmm. everybody is that the name of the song (laughs) absolutely what did the fox say was that it (laughs) who who is the fox what's the fox saying now the song what is the yeah, that's the second <laughs> album? <laughs> Real timely reference. Now that the fox has now that the fox is retired. <laughs> what is he saying? Yeah, I I agree with you, Cyrus. I think there was a little bit like I agree with you that that's your perception and that's how Thanks. you were feeling. There there were cases like at Concordia University where students found out they were actually being taught a course by somebody who was dead. Oh, oh my god yeah, yeah yeah oh yeah look look it up because one of the students tried to contact the professor and then found out looking he's like the, i'm not getting an email response back and then i think she looked it up and found his obituary and realized she was taking a course with a person who was dead we'll figure this out um in, uh, the next podcast if i've made any errors here this is off this is off the mm-hmm. top of my head and i believe yeah. that the family contacted the university and said how is it possible you're doing this? This is a disgrace. Yeah. Um, and I think the university even responded back by saying like they owed, they, they owned his materials. His yeah, you know, for five yeah. years or something like that and, and didn't even have the decency to say like, you know, if this was a part-timer, uh, we would have paid him $8,000 and here's $8,000, so. Jesus. Yeah, I think, I think there was a bit of you, Cyrus, too, that was because your little sister was uh, is still in high school. And I think you were jealous of her high school experience uh, in grade 9, 10, and 11. And you were thinking, like, why didn't I get away with that, spending so much time at home? I don't, I don't know. I would have missed seeing my friends, that's for sure. But I also would have loved playing video games all day, too, <laughs> probably at that age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But well, who, can I ask you a question? Yeah. If I asked you right now to name um, 10 of your friends compared to 10 video games, which one <laughs> are you more likely to remember the names of? But I- don't say any names. Which one, honestly? The question is, remember 10 friends, remember 10 video games? Which yeah. list could you make? Well, I don't think I have enough yeah. friends to make that list, so I'm going to go with video games. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> there we go. You're such a liar. You're such a... you, you, you did that like on purpose, again, because you're taking after Dave, and you're yeah. just trying to be mean to me. <laughs> yeah, you're just you're trying to make it seem like my mom. Uh, so the devil hordes yeah. go up. They don't, they don't go <laughs> inward. It's up. Not bad. <laughs> You'll get there. You'll get. There. I just, I just felt like, especially with courses like math courses and computer science, you can learn a lot of this stuff, on, like online, like on YouTube. Like, why would I pay a, b- a bunch of money for university <laughs> classes if I can just go on YouTube and look up courses? It sounds, this sounds like a like a Simpsons moment, you know, where Homer Simpson realizes that all truckers actually aren't driving trucks themselves, but it's all remote <laughs> controlled. Yeah. And it's all it's all a big scam and that's it all professors you know <laughs> yeah popping youtube videos no, passing away before their course is done it's just great big scam no i think honestly at university level i think and uh, there's going to be like um i think there's going to be uh, an interesting uh juggle in terms of what people are going to say um because at, at in one way you can't have like um 
the engineering profession say, hey, you know, in those three years, we put out really shitty engineers. Good luck, world. Mm. You know, you, you can't say that. <laughs> but at the same time, there's the fear of what universities are essentially now, which are their corporations, right? They even call mm-hmm. themselves corporations in a lot of ways. And how much easier it is for them to have just canned teaching going out, mm-hmm. right? So I, you know, and, and I, I agree with Cyrus is that, uh, in that there are a lot of people out there who I think are more comfortable out of their lack of commitment just putting out something that's canned hmm. and you're right now we're living in an era where you can find anything on youtube mm-hmm. and how and how easy how how easy was it for the last three years if you were a high school phys ed teacher i yeah uh, that must be the dream how, how easy would that have been uh yeah i've got you for the next uh, 45 minutes um david uh you do push-ups for the next 45 minutes uh, Christine, you do jumping jacks, and uh, Cyrus, uh, you do uh, Turkish get-ups. Why do I get the Turkish get-ups? <laughs> I know I gave That's you the like worst one. Super hard. <laughs> but uh, yeah, how easy must that have been? Mm-hmm. All right, David, you're next. You're the real teacher. Yeah. Okay. So um, yeah, everything, I, was, everything was brilliant. You were highly successful. The I mean, students I'm loved not you. Say it, but I appreciate that you're going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, there was a, a ton of anxiety when we finally, first we were sent home and uh, everything was shut down. And the naughty. message was, yeah, you're well, Go I, that, I think that's secondary, but you're right. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, so we're, we're all sent home and the message is um, no teaching, don't, don't reach out to your students and- <laughs> Don't calm them down. Well, no, that, that's, that was, the, that was the, in March, 2020, when things shut down, it was uh, like- there was a, like a, almost a party line. It was wild don't in that don't, don't like, don't start, don't set a precedent that parents will expect teaching, uh, teaching from you because you're not supposed to be teaching right now. And then if you do, uh, other parents will hear about it and then they'll complain if to other you teachers. Teach, if you teach, I know. you ruin it. Yeah. Then I'm going to have yeah. to teach. Wow. And then everyone's going to have to That's teach. That's crazy. <laughs> but it, it, it was, all our directives were coming from, politicians who are trying to navigate a situation but also navigate popular opinion and public like the the court of public opinion and so we were getting first it was uh not teaching second it was okay put together some packages uh things that they can do at home that teachers that parents can can implement with their kids and then um my wife is also a teacher and she was sent uh she was brought in to teach specific students that I guess were identified by the resource teacher as needing the social interaction. And she went and ran what she describes as it was summer camp. There was no teaching going on. And so that was the, that was the end of the 2020. And then we led into 2021 and there was a ton of anxiety because it felt like, okay, we're back in, in the class. There's a, there are some rules uh, in place, but a lot of, it didn't feel like a lot of precautions were being taken, enough precautions. We were teaching behind masks and visors, and in some cases with uh, full um, nursing uh, or hospital gowns on, and um, nothing felt Just natural. hospital gowns? Just oh hospital gowns. <laughs> yes, right. yeah. they, they turned around, their butts were showing all the time. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry. You got that, it. That it? That killed you? You're done? They derailed me. I'm, I'm done. That's it. Okay, well, yeah. absolutely. I, I, I have to say that I don't think enough. This is going to be, again, this is going to be a bold statement from me that it's going to be like, whoa, how is he taking these kinds of risks? But not enough attention was paid to teachers who were really acting as frontline workers. And I mm -hmm. think, I know this is a bold statement on my part, especially because, you know, we are an education uh, podcast. And I'm saying that a not enough credit uh, was given to teachers at the time. And <laughs> I, I'm sure, I'm sure that, please check the facts, but I'm pretty sure that COVID was spreading through schools, uh, mm -hmm. you know, quite, quite rapidly and not enough precautions were taken. And yeah. I think it was also a time where we're going to look back on it. And any, anyone who's ever made the argument that let's be honest about modern schooling, you know, one of the first roles of modern schooling is you have to put kids in a place during the day mm -hmm. so that their parents can go out and they can work, right? Yeah. And having kids home became obviously like as from we could see from like all the tweets, uh, mostly from, you know, from famous Hollywood actors who were saying like, damn, I didn't realize how much I hated my kids, you know, now that they're <laughs> with me all the time. Oh, man. Yeah. And I, I listen, if I was working in schools, no matter what I was teaching, I would have sent home projects to parents just to make sure that mm -hmm. I'm like assuring my job. I would have been like, okay, today's assignment for the next two weeks. Um, start from just objects you find in the kitchen and put a satellite into space around the moon. You know, mm -hmm. and then when parents realize they can't basic level. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like make sure they can't achieve any of these things. Forget Ooh, like teach your yeah. kids like the alphabet. That's too easy. They're going to figure out that, you know, they can do this at home. No, have their six-year-olds put a satellite you, into You see, I thought, I thought you're going to, I thought you're going to wrap yeah. it back around to COVID-19 and say, try and make your own virus in a Petri dish. <laughs> no, not, see, you're treating me like a jerk again. Like I'm not even asking them to find a cure. <laughs> like, no, like come up with your own COVID. Uh, well, 20, that's the best thing. You know? <laughs> You have to study it. 19's pretty good, but can we top we'll bump this? those numbers I think we up? Can top this. <laughs> I mean, it's 2020. Yes. The symmetry is so yes. important. Then I realized there wasn't a COVID one, two, three, four, mm. five before mm. that it came out in 2019. Okay, before yeah. any of you say that. All right, Christine, what are your uh, what were your experiences? Um, I found it really boring because I yeah, it was all boring to me, but you know. You had to roll with it. So I rolled with it. Like both as a teacher and a student or is one worse than the other? Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, No, actually, no, they're pretty on par with mm -hmm. each other. Spent, you Bored out of my skull. You spent relatively little time, though, at McGill itself taking courses, I imagine. Yeah, it was all online, um, mm -hmm. except except um, last fall. And uh, even then, you know, you've got your mask on. You don't even know what your students look like because they're all wearing masks. So, mm. you know, when they come to you like really far away and they don't have their mask on, and you're like, who is this person saying hi to me? Because I don't know. You know what I mean? It was just ugh, what an awful experience. Yes. Your teaching um, of adult learners, was that also online or were you yep, all online? All that online. was online. Yeah. OK. Yeah. And my groups um, ranged from 
three to like eight people online. So, and this is, you know, teaching, teaching ESL is not easy, you know, Mm -hmm. online and in person at the best of times. So yeah, it was quite the challenge. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. But we survived. Yeah. We can see by this pause right now that nobody's going to ask me anything. None of you are interested whatsoever with what my. What was your experience like? Uh, I mean, we. I'm yeah, pretty sure we've yours? covered it. We've got elementary. We've got adult ed. We've got yeah. Seja. <laughs> you know what? As as yeah. somebody who had a very negative perception to everything that was online, going like right up until like right to the days where I was in Cree territory and I was watching a lot of adult education back in the mid '90s being done Mm -hmm. through distance learning and I would walk into classes and I would see students like, you know, with old technology. So, you know, uh, Dr. Nelson K. Mandela level technology Mm -hmm. looking bored out of their minds, sometimes like virtually like just completely virtually, no, actually disconnected (laughs) (laughs) entirely from the droning that was going on in front of them. Uh, mm-hmm. It was just, it was so clear they weren't absorbing anything. And I didn't see like one student in that class really look actually like connected. And I'm not, it, it, to me, I, I saw that and not knowing, you know, all the details of what was, what was going on. It just, that image burnt into my head compared to the classes that I was teaching uh, mm-hmm. at the SAGEP level with the group that I was working with in early childhood education. And, you know, I was damn entertaining. Right. Everything that you're supposed to be in Seisha. Right. I believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Entertaining yeah. was the was the key thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, it was One entirely of the different. And I yeah, and I, I maintain that negative view of anything that was online. But I got to admit, I actually enjoyed my teaching online. They were large classes. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. I had I had fun. I had fun doing it. Yeah. He, he was very entertaining, David. Very entertaining, David. Yeah, and and yeah. um, they, they were large classes, and yeah. I kind of saw the down. Well, okay, I teach large classes anyway, yeah. um, okay. but I, I can't say that it was. It wasn't really a negative experience, and I had really okay. good reviews. No, it was. Um, it was good. Know, it was good. From I mean, I exaggerate when I said I was bored. Um, I really enjoyed your classes. And then we, thank you very much. No, I did. I did. It was funny. And I I had really great reviews. And then Mm -hmm. what I did as well, because, you know, I was thinking of people like you, David, you know, when you first came to uh, Bishop's University, you were 19. I mean, God, I remember. What is the name of that psychologist that had ducklings following him everywhere? Was it Harrison? Was it Harrison? (sighs) Ducklings. We'll we'll have to, we'll have to fix that in post. But that's how I felt it. Yeah, that's how I felt about you and your friends. You know, <laughs> you were you were following me everywhere I went, oh and I was like, "Oh my god, how do I get rid of these guys?" But <laughs> but I felt bad for them because they he loved having, it, David. Come yeah, on. they weren't oh, having the same experience as you guys had. You know, like I, I like no, it's like yeah, these, these current yeah. students, yeah, yeah. And when I when I started teaching at McGill, I I just turned thirty when I started teaching at McGill, so it wasn't like I was paying a lot of attention to you know, students who were maybe like eight years younger than me and what their social life was or anything like that, because that would have been really mm-hmm. creepy. But when I started teaching you guys, I was in my late thirties yeah. and I already kind of had that feeling of like an older brother, right? Yeah. Very much an older yeah. brother figure to you. 
No, not an uncle or a fatherly no. figure uh, at all. Quick, okay. quick aside. Not an older brother. That, I think that psychologist's yeah. name was Conrad Lorenz. Is that, is that correct? No, you're absolutely oh, wrong. Google failed me. Do you know but, more than Google? Yeah, oh, no. Well, Conrad Lorenz was a psychologist. You're correct, but yeah, he just um, he just got it on with ducks. He oh. got the field right. Oh, no, yeah, he, yeah, he just got it on. Yeah, he get did. Get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he wanted the first duck human hybrids. <laughs> <laughs> that is yeah, a, a big tenant of psychology. That's, that's, it's, it's a you don't realize it. Ninety percent of breeding psychology is huge. Ninety percent of psychology is crossbreeding. <laughs> Wait, what was I talking about again? Uh, the little ducklings. <laughs> that's right. You guys as little ducklings. You were you were my little um, <laughs> you were my little uh, mighty ducks. You were following me around. Yeah. You guys were always in that V formation behind me. <laughs> <laughs> it just yeah, happened naturally we tried to yeah. break it once and it right, just yeah couldn't and, then, and you were always running up to the front going like i'm gonna be the first duckling yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and i felt bad for them so we started a thursday night pub night mm -hmm. and and a lot of students showed up for it and, and at first we you know like typically when you do things with university students you say oh yeah we'll get together and we'll have a cup of coffee and you know we'll we'll talk about things that go on in the class and then after a while you just end up shooting the shit and you end up talking mm -hmm. about life and everything like that and that's what ended up happening with the pub nights after a while it was students getting together regularly on a thursday night and you know they had their soda their you know beer or glass of wine and we'd watch shitty movies and you know it was it was fun it was, it was good yeah. it was it, i got to know i think i got to know a lot of them really well through that so i was surprised at how positive it was mm -hmm. you know so I, I, yeah, I, I honestly, I think, you know, it just, it just goes back to, if you want to teach, you're going to figure out a way to teach. And if you want to learn, yeah. you're going to figure out a way to learn, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering, like, do you think we missed any opportunities in this through COVID-19 and education? Mm -hmm. Like, I know that, I know there's going to be terrible things that come out of it. Yeah. Which definitely. is, you know, which is uh, unfortunately we have way too many administrators at every level of education who are more interested in business mm -hmm. than they are in actual education. So there's going to be a lot of things that are going to be twisted. But do you think there was anything positive that we missed you know, during COVID-19, which could yeah. have made positive changes to education? It's, it's hard to think. I think uh, there is the fact that we were restricted from doing a lot of things that are, are traditionally done in school and are somewhat antiquated or like most of the research points to them being like, methods that are like ineffective there are better ways to do it and it could have been an opportunity to try something completely different because all those methods that are in place and like basically you're being forced out of your comfort zone regardless so why not take a chance on trying something out but there's I think one thing as a teacher uh, I felt like every week could bring something new, some new directive, some new regulation, some new rule. And so that was a challenge. But I know that, so my teaching uh, was, I was teaching media and technology, and we were not allowed to use technology. We are, our, our Chromebooks, our iPads were shared between classes. And so at the start of the year, I wasn't allowed to use it. I, I taught coding, couldn't teach coding with <laughs> robotics or computers. 
So what I did is I, I, I had my students pretend one of them would pretend to be a robot. The other would be the coder and he would guide you. Like I, I, I had to be creative and it wasn't the best, but I would say that that, that force of creativity upon me, that like restriction, taking away all these opportunities and all these things that have become so like using technology and learning technology is such a big focus in elementary now, now taking that away. I got to get down into the core of the subject a little more and I had to be creative in how I can make it engaging and entertaining. And so, yeah. Doesn't, doesn't the word robot actually mean slave? Oh no. No, I'm not saying this. I'm not, no, no, I'm not. If (laughs) if I'm correct, if I'm correct from reading, uh, from my memories of reading Isaac Asimov, if, if it does mean slave, (laughs) <laughs> so I think that's actually that's actually a very effective way of teaching kids about robotics. I'm you so thought ashamed I was, of myself thought, now. You, you thought I was going to say something negative, but it's not. No. Uh, you know, because no. they are following the exact instructions that you give to them, right? Yeah. I mean, we'd all we'd all like to blame our remote control for being stupid, but it's not. We're stupid, right? The remote control okay. is doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing, right? So, I, Christine's praying right now. Like I said, something terrible. <laughs> David is looking down at the ground. Cyrus is just laughing at me. I didn't say anything negative. No, no. Let's let's wrap this. (laughs) (laughs) I always, you know, I'm I'm always hoping that I have a student that is going to do an exam in a different way. And you know, Dave, you know that Mm -hmm. uh, that I always have like exams where I I I try and have students have as much fun with it. And I always say, yeah. If you're talking to each other about a home, like a, a take-home exam, then I win. You know, there's no cheating on it. If you talk about it to each other, it's the best thing possible. One of the exam questions I gave out for a philosophy class uh, was around COVID-19. I, I do something similar to this in every year, which is yeah. a complete ripoff of Bill and Ted. You know, Bill and Ted's excellent <laughs> adventure. But yes. like, what if, you know, Socrates was here? What if, you know, uh, John Dewey mm-hmm. was here? And so one yeah. of the questions I asked, I think it was two years ago or a year ago, was what would be the reaction of somebody like, and I, you know, whatever, it was like three philosophers, but one of them was Rousseau. And of course, mm-hmm. if I'm asking about Rousseau, you know, what am I, because to me, what I was looking at during the entire pandemic was you had kids, and here I'm going to take another brave stance again to say that I am really, really impressed with Cyrus's generation, you know, everyone from from like the ages of 16 to 22 during COVID, you guys were absolutely amazing that you actually followed directives and instructions so well, like mm-hmm. a robot, like a yeah. slave. Yeah. <laughs> no, and you guys and you guys stayed inside. If that had been Gen Xers, we would have jumped out of windows. We would have found a way to like get together and and like infected tons of people. Uh, and I don't even want to talk about what the boomers would would have done. Gen Zs love being self-righteous and saying, I- I'm better than you. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> no, but it, you guys were absolutely amazing. Yeah. But I, I thought we missed an opportunity for kids to go outside, you know, like to leave hmm. the computer behind and do different kinds of learning. Because I am actually a firm believer that I think that every kid could probably spend around a year or two outside of school. And if they're surrounded with with enough support, 
And that means mm -hmm. like social support, like good libraries, et cetera, et cetera, that they will do just fine. You know, I'm a big believer in that. So one of the questions was, what would Rousseau think if he saw like all of these students sitting at home, not going outside? You know, what would his reaction be? Mm -hmm. And I was dying for a student to write something about that. But then at the same time, I was kind of thinking of Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. And I'm imagining like Russo showing up in a, a modern home, middle-class home, uh, looking at little Emil and telling little Emil like, Emil, what are you doing standing in front of that computer looking at that? You should be outside. Wait a second. Is that an Atari Atari Vision computer game. <laughs> well, first Bill and Ted will call him Russo or something. <laughs> hey, Rusty, Whoa. get away from that Atari game. <laughs> he's, he's playing on like the oldest school, like set up ever. And he's mm -hmm. going, the whole world is right here in this box, in this small two feet by four foot box. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> you can play space a ball on here look my square is moving towards another square <laughs> i was hoping some student would write something like that you know about like screw that like there's way more entertaining things to do at home yeah. than do outside but i honestly i i think we missed we missed an opportunity you know where mm -hmm. uh, we could have tried to do something different whether it was kids living in a, in a city or kids living in the suburbs or wherever they were where they could go explore things but of course i mean there were so many limitations on on movement and everything yeah a lot of limitations and the, like there was a lot of mass anxiety and i think throwing in new ideas at a time when everyone's already on edge unfortunately people outside of the uh, education circle which was who the politicians were listening to most the parents they would there might have been a lot of pushback on anything that felt less than conventional because there was already concern of like, well, my, my child's losing out on X amount of uh, learning quantified. Obviously, we always quantify our learning. And, and I was thinking uh, the exact, yeah. I was thinking the exact, exact opposite. I was so happy to have my kids at home. Mm -hmm. It really was. I was so happy to have them at home. I was getting those phone calls from the Canadian government, the survey calls, where they were asking like, you know, how comfortable does your family feel individually about COVID? I don't know if anyone else got those phone calls. Anyone else got those survey no. calls? And I kept on saying like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm not, I don't have any, I'm not nervous about COVID at all. No, my wife isn't nervous. I was answering on behalf of like my kids. Ah, Cyrus, he doesn't care. And then the kids, and then they come home and I tell them I did the survey and they say, no, that's you. Like, you're the idiot that's not scared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, one correction. Cyrus, I hope you have this ready to go. If not, we'll put it in post. But I asked somebody about the word gahonk. I have it. And yeah. apparently I am mispronouncing it entirely. Cyrus, do you have that uh, yep. queued up? Gahonk. It's not honk. Gahonk. Gahonk. So, uh, yeah, so I was wrong about my pronunciation. I still think it's damn close to an actual goose. And I will correct you as well. And it's not pronunciation. It's pronunciation. It's pronunciation. I was wrong about my pronunciation. Thank you. But the, the, look, more importantly than important than anything else was when this was my question, would I still be accepted as a village idiot, even if I was mispronouncing everything? And the response back was got to ask the clan mothers about that one. So, you know, a democratic process, unlike David, who uh, grew up in Kirkland, 
and automatically has the right to call anybody the village idiot mm. of Kirkland. It's mm. it's a right. You do you still have that right now that you're not living in Kirkland? Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a birthright and it's, a birthright. it's reserved. Yeah. 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 And you can name anyone village idiot as, as, uh, as yeah, yeah. And mm -hmm. do you do that on an annual basis or is it for life? Does it change whatever I, you want it to change? So sometimes we'll proclaim people like you're, you're it and that's it. And sorry, no appeal too bad. Others will give them a little bit of a chance, six year term, maybe eight years. So, it's, so uh, when you say yeah. when you say we, is this like your royal we? It's just you, but now you absolutely. say we, absolutely. whatever you're. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, Dave, are you ready for the wrap up? Oh, so, oh, Dave's pretending like oh no, cutting out now. So oh just, no, uh, Dave's computer's oh, cutting no, out. Oh no, he can't do it. Yeah, you froze. Yeah, it's, oh, it's starting. Dave. It's starting. Dave, uh, Dave. It's so horrible. I don't think I can wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> Just give us a, give us a wrap up of, uh, of the podcast. All right. Um, so most of it may be quite angry, but we had yeah, we, a, we saw uh, that. an opportunity for some, uh, some alternate viewpoints, some alternate opinions. I'm going to say it, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. opinions. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I think uh, aside from that, we had some fruitful conversation between us when, when the combative individual, uh, mm -hmm was no longer gracing us with his presence we learned a lot and we learned a lot yeah we learned, we learned about we, we learned about rick springfield sexism yeah mm. learned about sexism yeah. yeah yeah the the state of canada we did what else yeah hysterical commentaries yeah dave was hysterical at some points it's true. With, we even have with no facts. We even have captured on audio. Uh, one eye said to Dave, "Like, hey, Dave, you're getting too angry." And then Christine agreed with me. We can play that back. <laughs> yeah, Dave. Dave is doing an amazing job right now, standing completely still, <laughs> pretending like his computer is cut out, and he's not moving except for uh, a single uh, teardrop that's uh, coming down his uh, cheek. Uh, <laughs> 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 all right david i think yeah. i think this has been this has been traumatic for you i'm glad that it's only yeah like this was difficult every, every i'm every glad it's fourth, almost over every fourth episode you know i'm 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 happy that you know you're going to be able to recover <laughs> oh he's, he's doing it again he's freezing again on purpose <laughs> except for <laughs> except for a teardrop coming down from the other eye <laughs> it's a coping mechanism <laughs> It's the only way I can get through this. All right, then. <laughs> Let's say goodbye from everyone. Christine. Bye. David. Bye. Cyrus. See you later. Now, all together. Bye. 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 Hey, the insubordinate teacher would like to thank all the people at freesound.org for putting up such amazing sounds that we're all allowed to use. It's made our job trying to be creative a lot easier. And I'm sure for all the teachers out there, you're going to be able to use this too and come up with some creative ideas in your classroom. So check it out, freesound.org. Uh, go to the merch section, buy a shirt. I did. Donate some money. I did. Be thankful there are people out there who are creative and are trying to inspire other people to be creative too. So, bye! Hey everyone. So, I'm supposed to warn you that like this podcast is about the broad field of education, but... It's a comedy thing as well. 
So it's got like satire stuff in it, and sometimes bad words they use like fuck, asshole, or shit, but stuff like that. No words worse than fuck. Yeah. No, I, I think no words worse than fuck are used. Anyways, people on this podcast don't really represent any institution, like, whatsoever. So don't be all, ah, over what's being said. Just be chill. Calm down and relax, bro. It's gonna be fun, okay?